Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan. This week we discuss, I'm just a kid and life is a nightmare. I'm just a... Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan, a Marvel podcast where we try to figure out just who and what is going on in this cinematic universe. My name is Tyler Borland, and you had the honor of being sung to by Danny Vincent. That's me. But we have our first returning guest. Who is it? Who is finally? Who is the first person who decided to return? This is our second returning guest. Okay. Hello. Um, yeah. I'm Sarah. Yeah, well, what, what can you say? I definitely forget about women. And speaking of women, <laughs> oh, uh, I'm Sarah Kanaw. I'm maybe questioning being here right now. <laughs> well, Sarah, since you've been on here before, well, actually, you know what? Before we ask you this question, we have to ask what we uh, asked Tori. Because Tyler just reminded me she had returned. Uh, what did you think of Black Widow? <laughs> Because you were on to talk about Kate Shirtland films. What did I think of Black Widow? A movie that I that I definitely saw. <laughs> well, what do you think happened in Black Widow? <laughs> um, I I saw bits and pieces. Um, I don't really know. Like, I, I guess I don't really know what, like, the hook was. Like, why was it made if she's already, spoiler alert, dead? Like, I guess that's where I'm confused. I didn't see it. I don't know. Got it. That Disney money. <laughs> well, yeah. I've got... This is going to be a multiple choice. Okay. So, there are four possible endings that this movie had. Okay? One... Okay. Thanos arrived and snapped and wiped out half of the universe. Um, the second option is... Uh, Black Black Widow and her long lost love were found that they were not going to be able to uh, get married, and she just had a big long run in with a symbiote from space and two other villains, um, including her best friend named Harry. Um, and then our third option is going to be that she met uh, Deadpool. And uh, they hung out on a beach. And then our fourth option is going to be Black Widow went back to the Red Room and blew up a whole bunch of stuff and sent it tum- tumbling down to uh, in the middle of a, I believe it's East an Eastern European country, and the U.S. government chased her down. Well, um, I guess I kind of uh, have to say I- D. <laughs> Because that that I seems mean, to be correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Black Black Widow. I think like Danny and I both gave it a three out of five. I will say. I guess I'll explain my reasonings. I didn't see Black Widow because I mean I didn't have any interest in it. I obviously I I enjoyed you know Kate Shortland's films, but I just yeah. I'm not a big ScarJo fan. Um, so for me it was just kind. Of, it was a skippable one. If it if if it was ironically, I think if it went to yeah. theaters like just theaters, then I would be more inclined to see it. But it just wasn't on my radar. The most Kate Shortland part of it is the opening sequence, which I'm sure is on uh, is on YouTube. 
um, by now. And I I know, well, mm-hmm. yeah, Black Widow's now full full movie open for everyone with uh, Disney Plus. Um, so I think Danny has returned. Discord kicked him out. The return. Danny, you missed you missed our Marvel multiple choice for Black Widow ending. <laughs> wow, Sarah, that was really interesting. The thing I definitely just heard. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was what was your favorite part? Uh, the Black Widow part. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, okay, so... Wait, no, Danny, you. you have to answer A, B, C, or D. <laughs> D for Danny. Oh, he actually got it right. Okay, he got it right then. Okay. What? Okay, this <laughs> will be great when I listen back yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah, well, I'll just leave it for you there. <laughs> I'll be like... Nice little Easter egg. So, we have a question for you, Sarah, from our last guest. Yeah. Uh, Julius Jefferson. Our, our questions are related to Spider-Man nowadays, so... And you'll, of course, have to do this one later. But first, your question is, you're in an elevator with the Sony president of Sony Pictures, and you have five minutes to pitch a movie for a Spider-Man character. What is it? Now, I want to clarify, because it wasn't written down, that Julia specifically did ask that it's a spinoff movie for one of the Spider-Verse characters. So. Okay. Did you not have an answer lined up for that? No. (laughs) Not at all. Do you want Tyler to go first? Yeah, somebody else go first. Tyler, you go first, because I, I wanted to go last. Okay. Uh, I would want a, a Spider-Gwen movie, uh, because uh, that that character is... I don't know. There's there's more that I want to want to know, because we, the character's just kind of introduced in, in Spider-Verse. Um, I want to know more, like, background, and uh, also I think that's not gonna be like the fourth or fifth peter parker that we that we would get you know in this world your your spinoff yeah who would you cast as like the male mentor figure for spider Gwen? because i have an idea woody harrelson (laughs) maybe what if you what if it was a man who also plays a superhero in the mcu woody harrelson more famously has an app a defunct app. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg? Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld finally together in a superhero property. We'll never see that. You know? Right. Whoever expects to see those two actors together. So are you wait. Oh, I didn't answer who I would um who I would cast. I didn't say who I would cast as Spider Gwen. I mean I assumed you pe- wait, I thought it was a spin-off of Spider-Verse, so you have to stick with Haley Steinfeld. Do I, though? I don't think I do. I mean, do you want to recast or do you hate I am just picking a random Spider-Man actress. A random spider. (laughs) I'm just picking a random... That's news. Images. I'm just picking a random... Okay, here we go. And we're getting... I don't... No. Okay, never mind. We'll just stick with Haley Steinfeld. Yeah. Okay. Now, Sarah. Yes. What's yours? If we're talking strictly Spider-Verse, this is a movie that would never get made in real life. (laughs) I would want a spinoff of the epic love story between Aunt May and Doc Ock. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. Because you know there was something going on there. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. There definitely was. Um, 
Out of curiosity, what was your answer going to be before I threw the Spider-Verse thing at you? I honestly have no idea. So oh, okay. <laughs> okay, good. So I'm not as bothered. So now that you said what I was gonna say. Um so the spin-off for I'm gonna give both answers. The spin-off has to be a Spider-Man 2099 full movie of Oscar Isaac as, of course, Miguel O'Hara. Uh, I'd love to see because the thing is also my main Batman thing I want right now, which they still refuse to give me is a Batman Beyond movie, mm-hmm. uh, especially which is weird because Michael Keaton's coming back. Why? I, now, there's a lot of stuff going on, like, you know, maybe Batgirl's like a secretly a Batman Beyond movie, just Batgirl and Amy. We'll see. You know what I mean? We don't know what it's going to be, but I want a Batman Beyond movie. But Spider-Man 2099 can give me that uh, cyberpunk superhero stuff I want to see. But. I, the other one I wanted to say, which isn't really a spinoff, is I'd like a Miles Morales movie without multiverse shenanigans. I'd like to see Miles in his world dealing with something on his own without the ever Spider-Man popping in. So, um, um, can I can I change mine? Yeah. Okay. I want Spider Noir, and is he's just going around quoting Nicolas Cage movies? That's that's the whole film. Hopefully for a Rubik's Cube. Uh, sure. I don't... Is he looking for a... Is he looking for a pig? Can it be a remake of Pig, but about Spider-Ham? Yes. <laughs> there we go. There we... And, and, oh, uh, it's gonna cross over with what Julia said last week. Yeah, the the Fritz the Cat movie that he wants to make with Spider-Ham. <laughs> yeah, he wants, he wants a, a 90 minutes of John Mulaney Spider-Ham. So give me 90 minutes of uh Nicolas Cage Spider Noir and, and three hours. they'll cross over. Think of that like a a connected film like universe of films. That's an idea. Yeah, maybe they'll call it Spunk. Maybe. Uh uh now Sarah, what is your question for our next guest? Now, we would like it to be Spider-Man cinema related. Okay. Um I'm worried my question might be a little bit too similar, but I'm not going to constrain it in Spider-Verse. I will say, I have a feeling I know what your guest will say. But I'm going to ask, who is one character that has not been adapted in the movies that you would want to see in a Spider-Man movie? I know my answer. I already know my answer. It's a good answer. But I'll say it next week. Sarah, what's your answer? Um... I would like to see probably Black Cat, Felicia Hardy. She's a cool character. She's, you know, kind of hot. Well, Felicia Hardy, if you remember, is actually in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. She's not Black Cat. Yeah. Black Cat, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. She's there. (laughs) She's just really forgettable. Like most of the random side characters in that movie. Uh, But yeah. Uh... All right. Cool. I like that question. Yeah, I, re- I really like that question. I will say, I'll say this now, not next week. Uh, my answer would have been Mysterio uh, until we we got far from home. Like, that was always my dream was Mysterio. And then I got him and he was just a Tony Stark flunky. So anyway, uh, Tyler, he isn't that spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, Yeah. So from this point on, we will discuss uh, Spider-Man 2, released in 2004, and possible spoilers for future productions. Uh, We do not claim to have knowledge of said future spoilers, but we'll gladly take full credit if such come true. 
we won't address any leaks, and if our speculations align, it's purely coincidence. Now, we're going to get into Spider-Man 2. Now, first, before we talk about the movie at all, we're going to talk about how we first saw this movie. Uh, you guys want me to go first? Sure. If you remember from last week, Sarah, I assume you didn't listen to it, so I'll just recap very quickly. Uh, <laughs> no offense. <laughs> I saw Spider-Man 1 was the first PG-13 movie I ever saw. I watched it pretty much every day as a child for a certain amount of time. Um, so I was very excited for Spider-Man 2, but I was worried I wouldn't get to see it because I was nine when it came out. My parents, as I've said before, were very strict on you. I can't watch a PG-13 movie. Thankfully, my dad was like, yeah, we'll go see Spider-Man 2. Of course, we'll see Spider-Man 2. So we went, and I think like the third or fourth week. But the real thing that stands out to me on Spider-Man 2 is I think it's the only movie I ever saw with my Oma, which is the German word for grandma. Uh, I believe it's, yeah, I can't think of any other movie I ever saw of her. And my two memories of watching the movie were with my grandma, she sang along to raindrops keep falling on my head when it came up. And with my mom, who I sat on the other side of me, she literally jumped and stood up when Doc Ock went after Harry, like she, she completely was got by that jump scare. <laughs> I, I remember it. Cause I, I, I know it's weird to like remember so vividly from when I was nine, but I remember mom jumping up and like looking behind her to see if anyone noticed that she jumped up, even though she was still standing. <laughs> anyway, that's my, and I remember really liking Spider-Man two at the time. Obviously I never watched as much as Spider-Man one cause we didn't own it on DVD, but it was, it was a good time. I remember really liking it. As Danny has in the in the notes, how did you first encounter Spider-Man 2? Um, so I first I first encountered Spider-Man 2. Um, I saw it with my cousins. Um, I think possibly opening night. Um, and I was just I don't know, I was I was obviously pretty young, um, like eight years old or whatever. And I remember we went, I went in my it was it was the olden days, so first we had to call the theater to figure out what time it was playing. Um, and like my cousin was really scared to do it. She's like two years older than me, and she was really scared to do it, but she did it. And then we went to go see it, and I remember I was wearing my pajama pants, which I thought was so scandalous at the time. Um, and then yeah, I saw it, and then I think I saw it. This was Spider Man Two was the first movie that I saw in theaters more than once. So then I saw it like two days later with my brother um and i like before we saw it i told him like all the cool scenes and i was like oh like doc ock is so cool and i know so much more about this movie than you and (laughs) um yeah and i i've always loved spider-man 2 out of all the spider-man movies it's my favorite one um i think i've probably seen the first spider-man more just like danny but i just spider-man 2 just it has my heart (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah there's there's definitely uh something something about this about this one which i'll talk about later we had talked about before um before recording that like there's something about this film that as it's very yeah nostalgic but also just coming back to it it's just it's like welcoming back like an old friend yeah yeah uh I first uh, encountered Spider-Man 2 on uh, pay-per-view, which I think it was the first film. No, it was the second film. Um, The first one that (laughs) the first one I I had uh, watched on pay-per-view was the day after tomorrow. Um, That great MCU flick. Um, And so. uh, So, yeah, I watched watched it at home 
on uh on one of those like big old like tvs that it's like a box tv but it's built into this big wooden like oh yeah yeah. table yeah it's very very early 2000s very yeah um it was the thing uh so yeah i watched it watched it on that um and i remember thinking i was like oh this is so cool did not see it again until so it came out I think it was like 2005 is when I saw it on pay-per-view and then it came uh, out. No, I didn't see it again until like maybe 2010 ish. I don't know. I was I know I was in high school and then that was the last time that I I had seen I that I had seen this movie. But I remember those two times seeing it that I was like, oh, I was like, oh, yeah, that's such such a good movie, such a good movie. Um, I think I yeah, I put in more hours on the spider-man 2 video game than i did did uh watching watching this one but uh yeah what like on my first just what yeah watching it again on my first i said first rewatch but watching it again it's uh it's just like things were it totally feels like an like an evolution from that first step very much like uh x-men 2 from the first X-Men film. And it's it's like they got their footing. Um, maybe it was a little the foundation was a little shaky, but it was a strong next next step forward. And uh and yeah, I I just uh it's so easy getting caught up in the in the MCU now and and thinking, oh well before Iron Man 2008, uh superhero films weren't that great before no there are a ton you know there's a whole gallery of Mm -hmm. superhero films that that are outstanding and this is definitely one of them wow that was really interesting sarah and tyler Uh uh-huh very interesting and sarah also so interesting i can't wait to hear (laughs) this is gonna be yeah this is gonna be so good for you to listen back to uh yeah, we'll be like, wow, this is so interesting. I'm learning so much about my friends. Uh, <laughs> so but let's talk about our uh, general thoughts on the movie. Yeah. What what do we think of Spider-Man 2? Um, I've, I've kind of hinted at, like, what my general thoughts are um, with, uh, like, what I've said before beforehand. <laughs> um, but uh, I I think this film is a it's a prime example of what a uh, sequel should be. Um, and I'm going to throw this opinion out there because I know Danny is wanting to fight or he, I don't know, he had things to say about it. It's the best opening title sequence of the Raimi trilogy. I think you're underselling that opening title sequence by saying that. In fact, in a way, I feel like you just insulted that opening title sequence by saying it's merely the best of the Raimi trilogy when it is, in fact, one of the greatest opening title sequences of all time. Anyway, for my general thoughts. Uh, so, interesting watch here. Um, I fought the first half. Um, and this actually, though, I want to point out here that it isn't like last week where the second I got bored from the second half because I'm so familiar with it. It's different. So I watched the first half. I was like ready to be like, you know, I think I've underrated this movies over the years, which is funny because I always say Spider-Man 2 is phenomenal to say that I underrated it is kind of ridiculous in a way. But I was like, I really think I underrated this movie. It's really working so well for me. And then I paused it to make lunch and I came back to it and I started like being like, 
No, I get why some people don't like this movie, even though I still do. And it's not, I think the second half is just as good as the first half. I think the second half lets down a certain character a lot that um, hurts the movie overall. But all this said, I do still think it's better than the first movie. I think it's a 4.5 out of 5. I think it is better than any MC movie <laughs> ever, period. Um, I think I, I wouldn't be able to, I don't know if I would say it's the best Marvel movie. Cause I'd have to look if I think I would have to rewatch the two best X-Men movies to agree with that. Days of Future Past and Logan. Uh, mm. But Oh, ooh, that's a take. What? The X2 isn't there? You, you left out X2, yeah. Well, I like X, X2. I, I give all of them a 4.5 out of 5, but I do think X2 is beneath those other two for me a little bit. Um, and I don't think this is better than X2. Uh, and I also think that comparing this to X2 is you can directly compare them because they're both twos, obviously. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's... Still a great movie. Yeah, I think I think you're really smart if you compare X2 and Spider-Man 2. The, yeah, yeah. Who would ever think to do that? Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Sarah, what are your general thoughts on us? Uh, wait, did we ask your question, Tyler, when I wasn't here? Wink, wink. About which version we watched today? Oh, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. So, okay. So this was something that I learned... That I learned, I, I had heard about the Spider-Man Extended Edition. Um, I had never seen it until yesterday when I watched Spider-Man 2.1, which has the, well, I mean, yeah, like alternate scenes, deleted scenes thrown in. Um, They did have, I will say, the elevator scene um, with... Where, you know, like the awkward elevator yeah. scene where where Spidey's like like the guy turns to him and he says, uh, "Nice Spidey costume." He asks him about the he he asks him about the costume and then he's like, oh, "It's really tight." And it, you know, he in Spider Man two point one he doesn't say any of that dialogue. It's a total it's a total alternative scene, um, which it's got funny stuff. I wish we had like a blend of the two. Um, but yeah, no, uh, it's definitely the theatrical release uh, of that scene is is definitely much better. But yeah, so did you watch Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man 2.1? Two. two. <laughs> just, just two. Yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know that 2.1 existed until like 30 minutes ago, so... <laughs> I, 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 my opinion on 2.1 which I think I've watched maybe once like I'm not sure on that is my experience with extended cuts is that you should never watch them unless like everyone's like the extended cut or the, or the director's cut say it like saves the movie so like Blade Runner or Kingdom of Heaven sure otherwise I'm gonna probably stick with the original cut always or for Lord of the Rings you know people go like check out the extended cuts when you're done with it extended cut yeah definitely but you should have yeah, done it think for the first experience. watch through. Of course, we've all seen this before, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was fun, like what you know, watching it with all of the alternative uh, scenes put in there. Yeah, but there was there was another scene where uh, it's after the cafe and uh, Peter's like buried underneath the rubble of uh, the inside of the of the cafe, and he. <laughs> He burst out like he 
like just explodes out of the um he jumps out of the rubble and he just it's toby mcguire just bursting out with like superhuman strength and he's like and then and then it cuts to the theatrical uh theatrical uh part like a uh, scene where he just runs out of we don't see that and he just runs out of the restaurant but yeah that that part it caught me off guard uh but yeah so so sarah what did you think of the movie <laughs> sorry Tyler. So sarah. yeah um love 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 i completely agree i think it's better than any mc mcu movie i've watched i think it's probably um it's definitely in my top five superhero movies. Um, I don't know if it's number one, but love it. Amazing. I'm a big fan of movies that feel like movies. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, they, ha- it has a very, like, self-aware kind of, like, in-your-face sort of look to it. Um, like, the effects are really outlandish and the writing and the acting. And it just, it works so well. It just feels so, like fun hollywood and i just i love it all right wow sarah that was really interesting uh so one of these days i'll figure out what you said uh it's gonna be really funny but no one has any idea what i'm talking about (laughs) and they're listening to this uh so uh let's dig in on spider-man 2 uh the amazing spider-man movie called spider-man 2 called spider-man 2 so first off we begin like all good movies with the opening credits now the opening credits are phenomenal in this movie i think uh and really it's just like it's so good and it's the opening credits are phenomenal tyler's right um i remember they hyped me up so much as a kid and uh yeah they're just they're good opening credits what can i say uh and it's just really cool always how, like, you know, it showcases the whole first movie, obviously, but it's drawn in, like, comic booky art. But mm. can I talk about something very random <laughs> that I was just remembered while I was talking about this? Do you guys, um, do you guys remember when you first discovered the internet? <laughs> With what I'm beginning of a side topic. <laughs> topic. <laughs> you first discovered YouTube. Because <laughs> I remember when I first discovered YouTube. Back... <laughs> I mean, I remember when YouTube like first came out in 06. To recap for Sarah from last week, because she wasn't here, is one of my things I did as a kid was I walk around the house and I go, This is my gift, this is my curse. Who am I? I'm Spider Dan. <laughs> now, Spider Man 2 comes out. <laughs> and, oh, honestly, it's probably when Spider Man 3 is coming out, but it's really just Spider Man 2. <laughs> I decide to search Spider Man on YouTube. I think I searched Spider Dan too. And you know what comes up? He's awesome for however old me I was. I think I was like nine. No, I would have been like 11. Uh, around time Spider Man 3. And comes up is Spider Dan 2. And I click it. And it's just a phenomenal re edit of the Spider Man 2 trailer set to Danny Phantom characters. <laughs> <laughs> And that just randomly popped in my head. That's something I totally forgot about. Was re-watching the, um, the Spider-Man trailers, but shown through Danny Phantom oh characters on YouTube. Oh my goodness. 
So that is too yeah, good. That, that's my contribution this week. <laughs> the, the Spider Dance saga. We will see if anything else comes up when we talk about these upcoming movies. But I do distinctly <laughs> remember uh, the Spider Danny Phantom trailers, <laughs> where poor Jack Fenton dies. I, I wonder if they're still up. That uh, they might have been taken down. You know, they were up for. I said 2007 ish. Um. Oh yeah, so, long time. Um, but anyway, uh, Spider-Dan, uh, very cool. And then we get the best opening sequence in every superhero movie ever, which is Spider-Man trying to deliver some pizza sometime. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't know. So, okay. What do we want to talk about here? Uh, we don't, we're not going to do a scene by scene breakdown of the movie because one, we don't have time for that. Two, uh, that's what we do on the stub club. So we're not the stub club. We are. Why is okay. with tying it? But if you do, if you do scene by scene, we've got to step it up one notch further, and we're gonna go frame there by you go. frame. Wait, you know this was the. Oh, I don't. I guess the listeners don't know. This, uh, it's not that we dislike Spider Man Two. That this episode is way shorter than the last one. It's because we're trying to shorten our run times. Let's be real. Um, and moreover, with. Uh, that's why we're not going to do a frame by frame analysis of it, because that's how you extend your <laughs> runtime. <laughs> we'll be longer than Spider-Man 2 if we do that. You skip a couple frames. <laughs> All right. So the opening frames and then we cut to the Nickelback song. Uh, <laughs> anyway, what oddly, oddly enough, I mean, not oddly enough. This this one, Nickelback was nowhere to be seen, heard. And it was Train, which is a very, very safe replacement, I guess. I don't know. I just uh, find it find it odd to uh, go from to go from Nickelback to to Train. Hey, soul sister, yeah. ain't that Mister Mister? Uh, now, Sarah. Yeah. Do you have a place we can start, or I have an idea where we can start? Uh, go ahead. So, shall we start? Start? Shall we? Okay. So. One of our main points last week we all agreed on, besides Sarah, because she wasn't here, uh, was that Spider-Man 1 really works because it's an ensemble piece, really. Like, we get scenes with Uncle Ben and Peter on, like, Uncle Ben and Aunt May on their own, stuff like that. I would say, interestingly enough, I still think this is a better film, but I think Spider-Man 2 abandons that for the most part. I think it's mostly a character study of Peter. Uh, in how Peter interacts with our people. We don't... The closest we get to scenes without Peter are the scenes with J. Jonah... Well, besides, of course, Doc Ock scenes. Uh, are the scenes with uh, J. Jonah Jameson at work discovering that Peter Parker... Uh, Spider-Man is no more. That type of stuff. That's the only stuff we get without Peter Parker, really, in this movie. We also get, like, a one-off scene with Mary Jane. I think we might get one with um, Harry, too. But it's really mostly Peter. This is Peter's movie all the way through. Uh, And I like it. Like, I do think something is lost from the first film in doing this, particularly, uh, we will definitely get into, I don't know if this will cue us into it now or we'll get into later. Uh, The difference of Mary Jane's and Peter's romance in the first movie to the version here. Um, But I don't know, like, I hate to be like, my analysis movie. I liked it. That's a good movie. But what's it's just, it's weird to me because the thing is, is to me, Spider-Man Two has always been like this movie that I'm always like, this is the perfect thing in a way. 
And this watch finally like revealed to me like some unperfecting. So I think I'm going to come off as more negative in this talk, even though I still really like the movie. If that, if that makes sense. Um, uh, that, I want to be upfront on that too. I don't, I don't hate Spider-Man 2. I specifically didn't invite someone I know who hated Spider-Man 2 because I didn't want this to be a negative podcast. I'm going to ruin it for everyone. <laughs> um, but anyway, that that's my first observation with this film is that like it is more the Peter Parker movie in a way, you know? I think, I think that was an executive, I think that was an executive decision. Like in the first one, they were, they were like, you know, we're going to have this story and it's going to be an ensemble story. And whichever character we think is the best option to carry forward with, that's what we're going to go with for Spider-Man two. And it just happened to be the guy (laughs) who plays Spider-Man. Yeah. So, so you're telling me if that everyone had liked Kristen Dust in the first movie, got the Mary Jane movie? We would have got the Mary Jane movie, yeah. I feel like, honestly, like I, I'll talk about it later, but I mean, Alfred Molina as Doc Ock is absolutely amazing, incredible, but I don't think that he is as strong as Willem Dafoe, as Norman Osborn, as Green Goblin. And I think that kind of, kind of makes the focus more on Peter because there isn't those interesting scenes where we can see, you know, we can see Otto Octavius becoming this evil guy because I don't think that he is truly evil versus Norman Osborn. He goes through this whole arc that we get to see. The thing also with Norman is Norman has a supporting cast. Mm -hmm. Ock only has his tentacles, which, you know, he does his best with those scenes, and I'm not really bored during them. But if they went any longer, I'd be so like, all right, let's go back to, you know. Uh, Oct doesn't have a supporting cast. I also think one of my takeaways from this watch, this one of those negative ones, is I still do really like Alfred Molina here. I still think Doc Ock is great. But I think me being like, he's such a, like, he's like an all-timer villain. Because that was like one of my, you know, as a kid, I was like, he's like the one of the best villains ever. Uh, he's so, like, no, co- he's a, He's okay. He's elevated by the fact that as a kid, he's a villain who gets redeemed, which is like a totally new idea at the time. Besides, like, of course, like Darth Vader, like the idea that Spider-Man could have a villain that like didn't actually want to be a bad guy was very complicated to like a nine year old. Uh, So, yeah, I think I think he's really good, but it is very megalomania in a sense. That, and I know you could say, well, the foe is that, too. The difference is, is that. Walton the full goes whole ham, whereas Melina keeps it very grounded. Mm-hmm. So it's just different. They're different performances mm-hmm. with different elements to it. And I think the movie, as we said, you said, is smarter to not really dwell on Melina as much. Instead, making it being really exciting when he does show up so we don't get tired of him. Yeah. Yeah. I think like you, you get down to it. The real villain in, in this one is. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah yeah that menace um it the real villain in this in this film is the it's the ai in in the you know oh, the claws the, the claws the I yeah you're gonna say the real villain was society <laughs> for a second <laughs> <laughs> no no he's just a kid well, no, no i thought you were gonna say like thanks uh i, was, I thought you were gonna say <laughs> that the real villain was in a sense not even doc ock it's more of peter's um internal struggle um, because ultimately Doc Ock is um, kind of just there to give us the action we want. Uh, yeah. The real like um, climaxes of the film is Peter 
identity being revealed to Harry and then to Mary Jane. Um, it's not like with Willem Dafoe where like the climax was, of course it's him killing his best friend's dad because that's a personal thing. He only tangibly knew Otto. Um, which is why, in a sense, even though I will talk about this more next week, the main villain of Spider-Man 3 that does work is the one that actually has the connection to Peter, in my opinion. Maybe my opinion will change by next week like it kind of did this week with Spider-Man 2. We'll see. Yeah, and you'll say that Spider-Man 3 is the strongest of the trilogy. That's our, what our guest is going to say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, Obviously, uh, I do think there are two ensemble members who do really well here um, that aren't Peter or Toby. Those are obviously Rosemary Harris is Aunt May, who I would say mm-hmm. is the one who has the closest to an arc of any of the supporting characters to this movie. Um, and then J.K. Simmons, who gets a lot more to do this time after he sold the show in the first movie. Uh, and he's always yeah. like when you sh- he shows up, you get really excited. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You're like, oh, great. It's a, it's a JJJ scene. Like, give it to me. I will say that I thought he had more time in the first Spider-Man film, but it's really just my impression of him in this film that was kind of overshadowing <laughs> the up. Uh, the other, I thought he was. I thought others, he had more know? in this movie. Definitely. Because he's in it throughout. Yeah, no, no definitely. Okay, I was yeah. confused about what you meant. Okay, I got you. No, I was yeah, yeah I was I was yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, like he's throughout this movie, he's always funny. Uh, also, may I say, uh, good gag moment. Uh, rule of three. Uh, Peter tries to get a cake. It's taken away. Peter tries to get like an odor. It's taken away. Peter finally grabs a martini, but it was the glass being taken back to the kitchen. Mm, yes. Good job, Sam. Yeah. Randy. Rule of three. You, you nailed it. <laughs> Yes, uh, I do. I do have a little piece of uh, trivia here. Uh, so Toby Maguire was fired uh, due to reports of him faking a back injury so he could get a larger pay raise for this film. And Jake Gyllenhaal was lined up My to boy. play Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, and that's why they threw so, in the line. So, yeah, my back. Yeah. So, would do you think Jake Gyllenhaal, Spidey? I don't know. Would do you think he would have been a better Spidey? I don't. It's, uh, that's really hard to. I think Jake Gyllenhaal to me, and I, I, I don't know which pronunciation. I'm gonna call him Gyllenhaal. I don't care. It's like a gif and a jif. Uh, no, no one could tell me which way is right. Um. With Jake, just, just yeah, with the actor, yeah, with Jake, just, with Jakey G, as I call him sometimes, Jakey G. Uh, I, I imagine a Peter. I can't imagine him in this. Let me put that this way: if he was in Spider-Man One, yeah. it was a reconfiguration of the character entirely to match Jake Gyllenhaal mm-hmm. more. <laughs> maybe I could see him playing like an Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Good, yeah. This yeah. Spider-Man, yeah. I, I, he's just effortlessly kind of cool, you know? And even when he plays nervous in movies, he comes off as manic, and that wouldn't be a good fit for Spider-Man. Well, yeah, because we know, I mean, we know mm. Tobey Maguire as being, like, the weenie. Like, he's a dork. And, like, Jake Gyllenhaal just can't play that. I mean, I think that 
I think it's the same, yeah. like the same energy as Andrew Garfield, where he is kind of more laid back and nervous, more so than like Toby's just full on, just he's just a dork. He's just a loser. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, first first scene that we get with him in Spider Man One, and he's a twenty four year old guy <laughs> chasing down a school bus. Danny's gonna Danny hates me for that, but. He looked like a high school three when Danny. I was six. Okay, get off my back about it. Uh, <laughs> uh, what was I gonna say about Jake? Or I don't know. Uh, I don't like. Oh, I was gonna say about Toby as well. Like I, I don't know if Tyler knows this, but Jake, uh, Toby McGuire is infamously actually like a. He's a very. He's an asshole. Like oh, <laughs> infamously, yeah. he's like wow. a terrible. Yeah. person. I actually didn't know that. Yes. No. Uh, so I know yeah. you haven't seen Molly's game, Sarah. I don't know if Tyler has, but Michael Sarah actually plays Tobey Maguire in it. Uh, it's not labeled. Okay, so in the book, his character is Tobey Maguire. In the movie, his character's player acts because they're like, we can't name it in the movie because we'll get sued. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he plays. He's a poker player who just goes to like, like push people who obviously shouldn't be playing. Like not rich people who just buy into the games that he brings in just so he can take all their money. Mm. That is his character in Molly's game. And I know Sorkin, like, you know, he often like, you know, exaggerate, but that's all in the book. That's all like that. Toby Maguire is not a good person. There's also really a famous video of him yelling at paparazzi, which always <laughs> cracks me up because he like slams the door on one of them and just knocks them over and he drives off. <laughs> No, yeah, uh, yeah, Toby's rather infamously, like, not a very great person, which is why everyone was like, you know, he's probably not going to show up for Spider-Man No Way Home just because, like, they probably don't want his <laughs> attitude on set. <laughs> right. Uh, but also... Im- imagine, imagine Tom Holland's like, oh, cool, I get to work with Alfred Molina, and then he, you know, like, on one, on one side, here's Alfred Molina, and then on the other side is like toby mcguire who's I'm just like imagining toby on set like looking at like all the tennis balls on tom holland's like do i have to wear that <laughs> oh yes <laughs> can i just wear a real suit and uh john watts like no you can't <laughs> melina's like melina's like where are my arms where where am i yeah J- oh my god i used to match it what if what if green goblin suit is cg in the uh uh <laughs> and the phone's like why <laughs> just- i just i want after julius uh last week julius said that the that final fight scene they look so pow like so much like power rangers and I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I want Green Goblin, Spider-Man No Way Home. Just show up in like the uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Green Ranger outfit. And that's that's what he's that's what he is. Just give me give me that. He's the Green Goblin. Sure. Yeah. Just Willem Dafoe saying it's morphing time. Yeah, I'll watch it. Now, I think it's it's time for us to talk about Mary Jane. <laughs> I think I think it's because mm. rather infamously, I feel like if someone doesn't like Spider-Man 2, I feel like Mary Jane is the main cited reason as to why I really can't think of anything else in the movie you could say is bad. Really? You can say P- Peter Parker's whiny, but that's Peter Parker. Like, 
you know, like, sure, I guess you just don't like the character. I always refuted the Mary Jane complaints. Like, she's fine here. But here's the thing. I didn't rewatch Spider-Man 2 after watching Spider-Man 1 in quick pr- procession in quite a long time. I think the last time I watched Spider-Man 2 was just, I was like, oh, I own Spider-Man 2, might as well watch it, you know? Now, going off of last week where we pretty much universally agreed, sorry, Sarah, uh, you were here, um, that the MJ Peter romance is a highlight of that film and really is what the heart of the film is. I think here, uh, MJ is very easily, the romance is easily the worst part of the movie by far. Like, like there's no question to it. And the reason why for me is in the first half, it's fine. Like a hundred percent fine. Mary Jane's trying to move on, but she also just wants Peter in her life. That's fine. The problem with me comes when, and when MJ starts becoming a bad character is when we get her scene alone with her fiance, where she's like, can you kiss me upside down? And she's chasing the feeling of the Spider-Man kiss. And then later on seeing the cafe, she's like, I want to know, I just want to kiss you to see if it feels like something. And I think this severely devalues her character in such a way, like such a huge way where she's just searching for the kiss of Spider-Man. Like the thing, the feeling she felt when she kissed Spider-Man, which like, okay. When I wear it like that, it's like, yeah, like sure. You want to get that feeling of passion you got. The issue is, to me, the way the film frames it is she's very much looking for the Spider-Man kiss. She, like, she thinks it's that exact. It's not the feeling. It's the person in a way. Does that make sense to me? I didn't. I, get, I didn't get that vibe at all. I got it. I got the feeling like when she kisses her fiance, I felt like she was looking for the feeling. More so than... Okay, I guess the issue to me more comes from her asking to kiss Peter when... No, yeah, no, that's just weird. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, that, that's where it yeah. comes from. Like, yeah, sure, like, do it for your fiancé, have a little role play. No, no judging, no king-king here. Uh, like, go ahead, be my guest. <laughs> but uh, with Peter, she's like, let's just kiss and see what that feels like. I want to feed her, no. Because the, the reason that's so weird is, too, is, like, the rest of the movie, she is adamant, like, Peter... No, I gave you so many chances. Go. We can't even go get, like, what does it say? Chow mein? Like, we can't even get go out for Chinese yeah. after, like, a casual, like, get, catching up over Chinese food after this. I love that you went to my play, but I'm getting married. I know you're trying to get, like, hit up my pants. Uh, and, like, the thing is, is when, like, she says that, Peter's like, but you can't tell me, like, Peter responds, like, you can't tell me you don't love me or something like that, right? Like, he says a line like that. Not exactly that. I, I'm, that's the subtext in the line. Uh, he's like, I'm ready to give you a chance now. Can't you give it to me? And she's, she's rightfully like, no. And like, I'm not obviously Mary Jane and Spider-Man have to get together. I just don't think it's well executed in the second half of this film. Uh, and it's the film's biggest issue. And it, it feels really bad after rewatching Spider-Man 1. Thoughts on Mary Jane? I, I think like the alleyway the thing is with the alleyway i think the alley scene where she's kind of like giving peter one more chance to make a move to see if he's going to make a move you know i think there she's she's got feeling she has feelings for him and she recognizes that um she doesn't necessarily like i don't know she is very explicit like like Hey, is there anything else that you want to say? She's cute, you know, cueing uh, Peter up and he's just like, 
Um, no, 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 there's nothing. I was gonna say that I, I cried when I saw you play Cinderella. <laughs> cried like a baby. Um, <laughs> but, I cried like a baby. I um, cried like a baby when but, I saw uh, you in the importance of being earnest. <laughs> yes. Um, and so, like, I think, like, that was, that was valid for her to do that. And because she knows that things are getting very serious with John. Um, and I think like th at that point, it's valid for her to, you know, see like see is I, you know, I don't want it to be a what if. And uh, so I can see that. Do I think it's it's kind of crappy that you're in a relationship with someone else and here you are like you know still being like hey do i love you do i you know i just feel so bad yeah, for the fiance yeah. like like the ending is like framed as triumphant but i'm just like what no he's being left at the altar and they have to put away the caviar <laughs> he is the like he is the uh dan from venom of this film was it kind of he it kind of damages, yeah. unintentionally damages Peter's job in a way because yeah, that too, and it's not acknowledged yeah. at all. <laughs> it's not mentioned at all in the third movie. This happened, like, well, you know, maybe he just doesn't know. Maybe JJ has never asked like Peter who he's dating. <laughs> if he did, he'd fire him. And Peter's probably smart enough not to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I just think like anything after after that where she keeps coming back to him, I don't know. It's yeah, it's it's kinda like, come on. It it, it seems like this this was a a subplot that maybe should have played out in like a Spider Man one point five or in Spider Man two one. <laughs> you know, but one point two, yeah. One point one, yeah. What I was going to say is maybe the thing to me is like, it's so weird. This doesn't come up in three at all. You know, like he doesn't use this against Mary Jane when he goes like crazy against her. It never comes up with JJJ. It just. And the thing is, like, like at one point, like, I can't remember. He doesn't outright like and we'll talk about it next week, obviously, two weeks, obviously. But like, he doesn't really. That's the thing is like you think Peter when he's like trying to like make Mary Jane feel bad in the third movie he'd be like you left your fiance and why would I trust you like something like that you know it just doesn't come up <laughs> sorry Sarah you were gonna say something before I started ranting about Spider-Man well, three yeah I mean I still am not really in the camp that like Mary Jane is all that bad I think that I honestly think that Peter is worse I just. Well, as you know, we're men, so we're going to go after the woman. <laughs> I mean, I I just feel like I understand, like... Danny, calm all your takes, Danny. Take all, take you all of your... Disclaimer. All of Danny's takes belong to Danny, and not me. <laughs> all of Danny, yes, yes. Uh, spoiler alert, all of Danny's takes belong to Danny, and do not reflect uh, the thoughts or uh, voice of Tyler. Anyways, please continue, Sarah. <laughs> I like I understand like his arc or whatever, but I just feel like it's not done well because, you know, obviously at the end of Spider-Man 1, like he has a chance with her and he says no. And then he spends the, he spends all of Spider-Man 2 chasing her. And I realize, you know, the passage of time or whatever, but it just doesn't translate very well. It just doesn't feel like 
we've seen that apparently like internal growth that he apparently feels like he's gone through one of the yeah one of the worst things about i noticed at the beginning of this movie the only part that really bothered me with mary jane at the beginning is when like peter's like when harry's like she's waiting for you and he's like what do you mean i'm like what do you mean what do you mean she literally said it at the end of the last movie (laughs) and i like his motivations in spider-man one are basically entirely her so like the fact that he's so clueless about basically everything is just like it's just frustrating and i can understand her frustration and i do see she does some questionable things Especially pertaining to her fiance. I like her in the first half. I think in the first half, she's completely like, she's the person who's just acting normal. It's just once mm-hmm. she starts chasing the kiss to me, and it's it's really just that, like, we don't really see what's wrong with John. You know, like, I, I just feel bad for him. He, he doesn't yeah. seem like there's anything wrong with him. He seems like a good person. Clearly his head on his shoulders. Dad has a lot of money. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything, I know. <laughs> I just wanted to make the joke. But, like, I feel bad for him. Poor John. Yep. Poor, yeah. Poor uh, Sony discount version side profile John Mulaney. He does. He's got a... I was like, is that John Mulaney? Is that a what young it John, was Mulaney? John Mulaney? It was Not like... That- how you guys doing? Oh my here? gosh! I only know him now as the guy from he's in the Vampire Diaries. I didn't even watch the Vampire Diaries, Tom but Mulaney's somehow in I just the Vampire Diaries? I, no. <laughs> I was not watching the Vampire Diaries for John Mulaney. <laughs> uh, we're just we're just gonna t- get texts from Danny saying I'm still waiting for John Mulaney <laughs> in the Vampire Diaries. I'm on season three. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, all right. Well, I'm done with my points on it because I've brought up pretty much anything I wanted to bring up that I'm not going to bring up during my awards. So we still have some time. Do you guys have stuff you want to talk about here? We have a lot of time still. Sarah, do you do you have Tyler? You have notes you haven't got to. That's why I'm saying. <laughs> but also, Sarah, yeah, obviously, I know. Stuff I, I, but I was... go ahead, Sarah. You're our guest. Danny, I was being respectful. I'm not respectful. We already we've already revealed in this episode that I don't trust women. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm getting canceled. Um, I'm not really sure. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'll probably get into it more when we're talking about it more. Um, I I don't know. I I think it's good. I don't really have too much to say. <laughs> I mean, aside from that. Um, I think it's interesting that the, I I hate to say it because of circumstances, I think that the stuff they set up with Harry is really interesting. And then obviously knowing what we know now, which you guys will talk about, um, yeah, it's just kind of a letdown. Like, it's a great setup, and then it just, you know. They yep. did set up the butler, yep. though. And we discussed that last week, that we couldn't remember <laughs> if the butler was in Spider-Man 2 or not, and he's here. <laughs> <laughs> we could <laughs> He is, he is, uh, and I, I, I was thinking, um, I had similar thoughts, uh, Sarah, on when uh, they set up all this stuff of Harry's, you know, Harry's like, I've got to find out who this is, you know, who's Spider-Man because Spider-Man killed my dad, and then he, uh, he does figure out who Spider-Man is, and it's his best friend, and he also feels betrayed by his best friend throughout for other reasons throughout the movie because of just kind of crap. Yeah. Just 
crappy things that Peter does because he's Peter's Peter's a mess and yeah. he's trying to figure his life out, you know. And unfortunately, the people around him who care the about ones him the he most loves will always be it. the ones who pay. That's his gift. That's his curse. Yeah, <laughs> that that is. I don't know how it's a gift, but uh, I don't know. And I, I don't remember. I don't. I mean, I. It's been so long since I've seen Spider Man Three, and I don't mean to bring it up, but we're talking more about Spider Man Three than we're talking about Two. But go on. No, so, least, that's on me. But um, I don't remember like what I don't remember what happens in Spider Man Three because it's been so long. But um, I feel like you know John Jameson was kind of the setup for. It was meant to be kind of a like, oh, he's gonna bring the symbiote. Um, I don't remember mm-hmm. if that's what happens, but it is interesting that there's like those seeds that are planted, kind of a pre-cinematic universe, if you will. I don't know. The whole thing about Venom and Spider-Man 3 is like so contested in production, like where it came from. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I was going to say about, uh, well, actually I want to say about Harry in this movie very quickly is that my main takeaway from all of Harry's scenes in this movie was that James Franco cannot act drunk. Because uh, <laughs> there's the scene... He's probably an expert at it in real life. Yeah, that's what's so weird to me. It's like, <laughs> in the scene where he like confronts Peter at the party, and he's like, Peter's like, I think you've had too much to drink. He's just delivering all of his lines sober. Like, he, there's no affectation. There's <laughs> nothing to how he's moving that makes him look drunk. Other than, like, he like gives him, like, a really weird slap. Like, it's not like... <laughs> 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 like <laughs> <laughs> James Franco's gross. What is that, James? That's 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 my drunk slap. Yeah. Uh yeah, there's I I did realize something like for the longest time I thought the issue with Spider-Man 3. Now I am gonna be talking about Spider-Man 2, but this movie Spider-Man 2 made me realize the real issue with Spider-Man 3 is they changed a character, Venom, to fit their plot and that that really hurts because obviously we know from venom one and uh for from venom and venom let there be carnage Sarah just locks off that, <laughs> like <laughs> like yeah sarah sarah's like nope gone um we we know that this character like there is success with this character and when you know success portrayed, <laughs> It makes money. <laughs> it makes money. That's what, that's money. what I say. <laughs> it makes money. Um, so, um, so yeah. So like, they were successful with this character. So you do, like you don't change a character, especially one that has comic lines made all about them. Like I don't know where they would have gone with Venom if you know in in the rainy verse i mean i'm sure we'll you know we could we, we can we can should talk spider-man 3 a little bit this week because cable won't let us next time uh, <laughs> uh the thing is to me i've always said is that last week i referred to this in our byline which is that uh spider-man the raimi spider-man movie is a very silver age and venom is a 90s character through and through you stick a 90s character in the 1960s of comics it's not going to fit so that is why and also the fact is very well put everywhere. Sam Raimi does not like Venom as a character at all. He said that like, mm-hmm. like when Spider-Man doing press tour for Spider-Man two, and they're like, is Venom going to show up? And he's like, I hope not. You know, like he had, well, like he does not like Venom and he was forced by the studio to put Venom in. 
I'd say, honestly, and I'll say this next week or whenever we cover it, I think Spider-Man 2 is, 3 has way bigger problems than Venom, actually, and the symbiote, uh, mm. personally. Uh, but you're right in the sense that you can view it as sequel hook, but as a kid, I always viewed the sequel hook more like, you know, Harry finds the cave. Uh, and then... Yeah, yeah. As someone who had my Spider-Man Encyclopedia, which I forgot to mention last week, I had a Spider-Man Encyclopedia as a kid, even though I've never read the comics. Uh, I was really hoping because Man-Wolf showed up in this that Man-Wolf would be the villain. Who wouldn't want to see Spider-Man fight a werewolf <laughs> in Spider-Man Three? Um, you know, and also you know you you also assume that Lizard's going to show up because Dylan Baker's in this movie, and yeah. He's also in the mm-hmm. next one. He still in the lizard. I actually honestly felt real. I remember feeling really bad when Amazing Spider-Man came out. Like, lizard's going to be the villain. I'm like, poor Dylan Baker. <laughs> like, just looking at just looking at story story wise, Spider-Man Two sets up Spider-Man Three really well. Like, for it to have a good solid conclusion with if even if you just have, uh. The Sandman, Sandman's. That I'm gonna leave Sandman out. Yeah, we'll, but just, we'll talk about just continuing. A lot in a weeks. We'll talk yeah, about. but just just continuing, just continuing this now rival, this budding rivalry between Harry and Peter. That's 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 strong. That's a a bond of friendship that is slowly through through these three films, you know, split apart. And I think like it's it's strong. But you weak, you weaken it by throwing other other things on it, you know, other things on it. But that's something that this film, I was like, you know, this stuff with with Harry is is it is it is good. It's it's well done. Yeah, I think an mm-hmm. issue with Spider-Man three, which can I will end on Spider-Man two. Like this is my point. We'll end on Spider-Man two. Trust me. Uh, Spider-Man three is what happens when the studio recognizes what a big hit they have and like, how can we make it bigger? Spider-Man two is when the first movie did so well that the studio backs off. Cause they think the people in charge know what they're doing and deliver a great sequel. The issue is, is that box office wise sequels pretty much never do as good as the original one. It's a big breakout hit. So they see Spider-Man two do less mm. than Spider-Man one at the box office. And that's when they call in the studio heads uh, to like add stuff. Because Spider-Man 2, this is our Raimi yeah. film through and through. There are so many... Mo- you know, in the first movie, we were like, that's a Raimiism. This movie has so much more than that. There's one moment that I don't think we're going to talk about when we get to our awards or anything, where you see the reflection of Otto's wife in the glass before she gets impaled by it off screen. It's great. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't see that in any other superhero movie. It's 100% Sam Raimi. And there's a ton of that stuff throughout it. The shot of Doc Ock's eyes, Spider-Man flying into Doc Ock's glasses. Great. Love it. All this cool stuff. Unfortunately, movies are a business, and that leads to stuff like Spider-Man 3, but we got Spider-Man 2. Now, Tyler, we have run out of our unofficial time, but would you like to read your last few notes you have, and then we can move on to it? Yeah. So we got a community cameo from Joel McHale um, in the bank. He's the bank teller. Sam Raimi, famous fan of community in 2004. Sorry, sorry. Right. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So not really a cameo, it's but like Octavia Spencer. Uh, anyways, yes, yes, definitely. Um, and then my last one is instead of leaving behind handwritten notes, which we got in this film, 
Tom Holland should leave behind QR codes to the Spider-Man Instagram page because I feel like that would fit. I think that would fit the MCU. I think the QR code should lead to um, home listings for purchase because Spider-Man Homecoming, Far From Home, Spider-Man Home Listings, Spider-Man. That should have been the title of the movie, Spider-Man Homeless. Just leave it that oh, my gosh. oh. and then it's just it's just him trying to find a home in New York City, and it's just one big Zillow rent. Ad. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> no. All right, yeah. So we have any predictions, Sarah? What is your prediction of Spider-Man Two, and how it will relate to the MCU? Uh I mean, I mean, Alfred Molina is gonna return. <laughs> is that him or is it CGI? <laughs> Well, mostly CGI. <laughs> I will say, I am going to say, I don't think, I don't know if you guys, you guys have probably discussed this. No other Spider-Man is going to be in it. Because for me personally, I would just be reminded of better Spider-Man. And they don't want that. Um, also, Andrew Garfield would never. He he's, he would never. And I don't think Tobey Maguire would either. I mean... I, Toby would do it for the price. Like, I, I, cause, okay, yeah. the rumor I kept hearing yeah. at the time when like all these rumors popped up is like, uh, we they've locked in Andrew Garfield, Kirsten Dunst. I don't think Kirsten Dunst is in it. To be clear, I think that's that I, it doesn't make any sense to me why she'd show up in this. She's actively gone after the Holland movies and been like, these movies are terrible. Like, what are you guys talking about? Um, but uh, for the case of McGuire, I imagine he, you know. If they want him, this is the one time he can demand a huge payday for the rest of his career. There's nothing else anyone's going to want him yeah. more than the return of Spider-Man. Uh, so if he held out for a ton of money, I think they're in the movie. I think it's good. I, as I've said before, actually, on this podcast, I think Andrew Garfield is begging Sony to release a trailer revealing he's in it so he can stop being asked questions about if he's in the movie. <laughs> I think if they were going to be in it. I, I, for me personally, I think if they were going to be in it, it would be like archive footage. I don't think that they would do anything new. It'll be interesting to see if you're right, because if you, if you are, I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed. <laughs> I, I just, I don't think they're going to be in it. I don't think well, so. No, no, no. Like maybe they. Like, I'm, I'm saying, I'm not saying you're wrong. Obviously, I don't know either. I'm just saying, like, it, I, I, me trying to imagine them not being in it. It's very like funny to me because everyone, no one would be happy about that, you know. Like, like no, no, no MCU, like no one going. Everyone sees that movie, they're like, oh, I've seen Spider Verse. Maybe Andrew Garfield and Toby are in this. Like, go see it. And if they aren't actually in it, they'll be like, really, what's the point? Like, in a way, like, why would you bring back all these people and not bring back Toby? Why would you bring back Electro by Jimmy Fox and not bring back Andrew Garfield? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I see some prediction. I'm curious. Like again, if you're right, I think a lot of people are just going to be upset and go see the Matrix instead. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, like, I don't know. Um, Tyler, what's your prediction? I think I think we'll get a I think we'll get a solid uh, performance from Alfred Molina. He's wearing the Ben Platt wig, from Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I. I'm indifferent about the CGI de de aging stuff. I it's been shoved down our throat since forever. Uh, it feels like um, so at the at this point, I'm just kind of like, yeah, it 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 is it is what it is. I just is. don't get um, it. That's the thing to me. 
And I've said that before up here. No, I know you don't get it. I know we have documented footage of that. In, in this, <laughs> it's I get why for like you know Captain Marvel. That's my th- or like the Irishman or like really honestly any of them all of the ancient they've gone for this. Who cares if they look the, old? The classic, the classic MCU film. The yeah, Irishman. We know <laughs> Scorsese is gonna kill me. It was set during the five years. No, it wasn't. You haven't seen. I guess you haven't. The Irishman <laughs> ends in like two thousand two. You haven't. No. Oh, okay. No, just like no. <laughs> maybe it was released in it's the a mid- very. Maybe it was released then, but in the MCU, uh, like uh, the famous reveal that Old Town Road and Lil Nas X was not snapped in the MCU, <laughs> but. Anyway, um, my prediction would be that I'm probably, I think Alfred Bolita will be the most disappointing part of No Way Home to me. Uh, I, I really, because here's the thing, here's the thing about him. He's being used as a big reveal now, but if Will the Foes in the movie, I can't imagine a world where he's not the main villain and the leader of these villains. Mm. So he's obviously going to have more interesting material than any of these other actors that are being roped into it. And moreover, if Toby's in it, which we don't know, you're correct. But if he is in it, obviously he's going to have a big, like a good, like the spider will have good roles too. And for some reason, Dr. Strange is in it. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I have to, I can't imagine Melina living up to his role here. So that's my predictions. Whatever. Melina will be there. Uh, I think, I think the idea of DH to Willem Dafoe. Just it gives me anxiety. Yeah, just gives me anxiety. Yeah. Well, say yeah. now, like he really does. Like, give him a hair. But you know I they're guess, gonna maybe. do it. You know they're gonna do it. It's it will get me mad. That's the that's thing to me too. Is like, it's specifically as if, and I've said this before on the podcast. But if Toby and Andrew are in it and they're de-aged, I literally don't see a point to making the movie. Like they're like. The whole idea of returning to these Spider-Men for people who are nostalgic of them would be to return to them years later, seeing where they are now. It would not be we're picking up right where we left off. So de-aging them makes no sense. Also, Andrew Garfield doesn't look old. Yeah, he looks more or less the same. Like, he looks older, but he looks like refined older, you know? Yeah. It'd be like if Michael Keaton was de-aged in The Flash. Why would I want that? That's why that's why I I think and I hope that they will instead have uh they'll pull they'll pull Toby and Andrew from like their timelines but they're they don't de-age them they're older and what they should have done with Alfred Molina is pull him from a different timeline than Toby's Spider-Man Pull him, you know, or even pull him from Toby's and say he's been like stuck on a planet somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, just give me a reason for him to be old, not old, but you know, like Molina doesn't look bad. That's the thing that, like, he does not look like he he doesn't like none of these actors who are returning look bad. Also, the idea, like, right. uh, they won't do this, but imagine them like de aging Jamie Foxx to 24. Like, what would they wouldn't do that? Wow, wow. They definitely wouldn't do that. Well, Alfred Molina is being de-aged. Well, he's old. <laughs> the only, like, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. De-aging sucks. I'm glad this movie doesn't have it. 
It'd be really weird if it did, honestly. <laughs> yeah, 2004 de-aging. <laughs> Alright. What would that even... I mean, it's just makeup, yeah. but anyway. Would you... Well, there's a good de-aging scene in the second Lord of the Rings movie. <laughs> no one gets the joke. Okay, we'll move on. Uh, would you rewatch Spider-Man 2? I get the joke. Yeah. Uh, yes, I'd rewatch it. Obviously. I, I don't know. Yeah, probably in about a year or so. But yeah, this I said this last week. Is like, if I choose a Raimi film to rewatch, it'll be Spider-Man 2. Uh, a Raimi Spider-Man movie. Time for the Wise Awards. MVP. Yay! Thanks. MVP. I, I <laughs> get this throws my hairs. Um, she's really the beating heart of this movie. In more ways than one. The scene, she, her scene, it could be so cheesy, but it just, it makes me like emotion. Like I, my eyes were welling up watching it. You know, the, the, I believe there's a hero in all of us speech where it's really obvious. She knows that Peter is Spider-Man, even though the third movie implies that she doesn't again. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like it's so implied there that she knows Peter is Spider-Man and it works because she just immediately moves on from it. And it's, it's really magical in a way. She gives the whole thesis of really why Spider-Man matters and superheroes matter. Uh, and it's, it's good. Like, and she delivers a great, and then she also like the, she gets an action scene. Like she, she, she's used as damsel in distress, but she's like thrown around in that scene a lot. Uh, and like, she just really is. She's so good in this. And she's always a highlight of all these movies, but this is the one where she gets all the meaty material. So um, I go with Bruce Campbell because I want to save Alfred Molina for Spidey's three. Peter isn't home. You you really think he's going to be the MVP of that? I don't know. We will find out. <laughs> Your MVP will be Ben Wonk. <laughs> for being like, maybe being, I'm not going to be in this movie <laughs> and then walking out of the movie. <laughs> my MVP will be Josh Brolin. My, my MVP will be the uh, the subtitles that are really fancy that are on the Twitter video of the No Way Home trailer. Uh, I hope those are on the movie itself. Anyway, Sarah, what was your MVP? Yeah, well, I will say Alfred Molina um, because I'm kind of like how you touched on before. Um, he plays, he does a really good job of playing a villain that we see. I, I mean, he's not, I mean, he's a villain, but he's not really a villain. Like he... I think he's very likable throughout the whole thing. I think we understand his motivations throughout the whole thing. And I think Melina plays it really well. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen any behind the scenes stuff from this movie. But, if I were um, a rich man. Yes. When you, when you go on the DVD menu and you click on one of the things, it was an Easter egg on the, on the, on the DVD. Ooh. But yeah, he, uh, he had a really good time with it. He, he used his musical theater background. Uh, surprisingly in it and I just I think he's he's so good at it yeah uh, yeah 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 he's great he is um favorite scene of the movie so we never actually talked about it the train fight scene I have it listed as obviously this is like the go-to example for a great superhero fight scene Rewatching it, I really pay, the beats work so well. There are so many moments of it that, like, to me as a kid, were crazy. Like when he's thrown off the train, and to me, I just think like, I don't know, this sounds weird, but as a kid, a lot of action scenes play like you imagine it being like a video game, 
And at that point, you know, if that was on a video game, you'd be stuck on the train, right? You wouldn't be able to be thrown off of it and continue. You just restart the level. So the fact that he gets thrown off it and has to work his way back on, he fights through the side. He does that really great, like, what do you call it? It's kind of like a Matrix move where he, like, goes flat against it while the train goes by. And then it goes, yeah. then it goes into him having to save the train itself. And, like, it's just such a great constructed scene. The action is brutal when it's not them throwing, like, they're not avoiding each other, really. If you watch it, they're just beating each other up. Uh, it's really phenomenal. It's what superhero action scenes are for, is that scene. So good. To quote Spider-Man 3. It's, uh, this was one of the, like, the trains, the, uh, yeah, the train fight was, um, it was Raimi's idea, and it was the first, like, major sequence that they filmed. Yeah, that's that's always interested me. Um, anytime that like I, I, uh, I don't know, just like directing and starting from the like from the end and working backwards is always is always an interesting interesting concept. Um, but uh, I'm sure that he that Raimi wanted to make sure that this film that he had this grand you know like like what you just described, Danny is this grand you know idea and he wanted to make sure that it was seen to fruition and uh that's why they filmed it you know so early in production yeah um i also imagine the cg on the scene was costing a lot and we never mentioned this but the cg in this movie is such an upgrade like it still looks really good in this i'll talk about it later okay (laughs) (laughs) particularly i'm talking about the spider-man body though compared in this one to the first one and this one it looks very tangible always to me um, Tyler, what was your favorite scene? Um, it's Doc Ock's uh, successful bank robbery collaboration with Spider-Man, according to J. Jonah Jameson. It's so that's a really good set piece too. I was thinking of putting that as my favorite scene. Yeah, and it's we actually get like a a Spider-Man that is he's throwing out little quips, um, that. I've always loved, no matter who this, who Spider-Man is, I've always loved that about Spider-Man. So wait till you see the Amazing Spider-Man movies. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Oh no, I know, I know. I've I've seen I have seen the intro the introduction of uh, Amazing Spider-Man two, um, which is something that like I I think they got right with with that. So, let me rephrase. Wait till you see Amazing Spider-Man one. <laughs> go on. Okay. Excuse um, you. <laughs> so uh so yeah i it's we get some some really really nice we get spider-man quips um we uh get we get some really cool doc ock stuff i love when the bags of money are of like the coins are hitting up against when they're smashing up against the wall and just uh just like spilling and I just the sound design and just everything is I don't know everything about that about that set is like and then if you could bring if someone would ever do like a Spider-Man thing on like Broadway or any major major like theatrical distribution then like this you. is the one scene they introduce <laughs> <you>. <laughs> a freak like me needs company um, <laughs> right uh so uh so yeah it's uh 
yeah i i just think that that's like that's like a scene that i would definitely want you know if if they'd ever do like a spider-man 2 musical i'm not asking for one spider-man we don't need on one, the dark but ooh. spider-man turned up the dark, <laughs> the dark. anyways uh, i also like how in that sequence uh Aunt May, Aunt May saves Spider-Man's life in that sequence because uh, she bashes yeah. Doc Ock with a cane really quick. It's great. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's also the scene where we get OG Aunt May, where she's like trying to lie to this bank, this bank uh, worker, bank employee. Of she's like, "Oh, I'm also doing piano lessons," and then Peter's like. You are, and then you know she's kicking and kicks <laughs> the wrong person, obviously. Yeah, and then uh, Joel McHale tries to uh, steal to pocket one of the coins, she and she like him. smacks his hand. Yeah, and it's just Aunt May's got moves. We just we just have we just need the opportunities to see him. Okay, what is uh what is your favorite scene, Sarah? Oh, okay. I'm gonna talk about this for a little bit. Favorite scene is the operation scene on Doc Ock. Mm, so good. Yeah. It's so, it's yes. so Sam Raimi. Like, it's so, it's just, it's self-referential Um, because there are these moments, like there's, like a big Sam Raimi thing is the on-the-ground tracking shot. And we see that, and we see my favorite moment with the chainsaw, which is direct reference to Evil Dead 2, and I just love like this like self-reflection. It's and it's scary. Like it's a creepy scene. And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, when Raimi was hired, he was like a horror director exclusively. Um, and we didn't really see I mean, we saw some like creepy moments in Spider-Man one, but in Spider-Man two, like this is like a full-on horror movie scene. And it just it's it seems like it wouldn't work in a movie like this, but it, it works so well and it's so creepy and it just shows like how like how out of control Doc Ock is because like he's, you know, unconscious throughout this whole thing. Yeah. And it's just like I mean, there's just so many cool elements with it. Like, you know, the woman mm-hmm. with like her nails is just so good. And like Yes, yes. <laughs> and it's just like when I was a kid, it scared the it scared the crap out of me. But now I'm like, oh, it's so good. <laughs> the it's uh, it's almost it's almost like a uh, like a final destination. Yeah. Like yeah, the whole thing. Like everyone, there's not one one survivor in that in that room. Yeah, and uh, it's it's yeah, such a it good is. scene. Yeah, I love the, the there's like a shot, and I love the the stump joke. What, what does the guy say with the buzz saw? He says something really. Says, "Are you guys?" He's like, "Did you all take shot class?" Yeah. Is it's what he like says. A, such a goofy joke. Oh, but yeah. it's great. Yes, yeah. very Raimi, very great. I, it's so, it's so Raimi. I just, I love it so kind much. Kind of what we're referring to, and like you know, like with Spider-Man One being such a hit, they're like, "We'll just Raimi do what he do, can do." Like this, this scene would never happen in Spider-Man Three. Uh, you know, that's kind of what I mean. Like, yeah, wouldn't get away with it. Um, but yeah. Um, all right, so. The worst scene of the movie. Um, it's gotta be for me. We kind of talked about it. Is when MJ and Peter in the cafe, and MJ's just like, "Why don't you just kiss me?" Uh, yeah, it's 
I kind of already talked about it already. It's source like, scene. Don't don't you want a cappuccino first? <laughs> so it's a bad scene. Uh, yeah, yeah. But how else do you set them up? How else do you get MJ and Peter for MJ to be? I mean, you can have them in the cafe meeting up and talking to each other. You don't need to have her being like, let's make out. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> <laughs> there are levels to this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like even like at the end where she runs away, I argue that that would work better without these scenes where she's trying to kiss it or text out how kissing works. You know, like if she just like wants to get, <laughs> it's not it's not her trying to kiss. How does him. kissing it's work, Kirsten? Or it's MJ. MJ is like, how does kissing yeah, exactly. work? Yeah, um, yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, it's worth seeing to me. I'm curious. Tyler, what's yours? You didn't write anything um, down. It's gonna be interesting. <laughs> no, because I did have something down, and then I was kind of like, yeah. And I, I had, I told Sarah this earlier on one of your many uh, Discord disconnects um, that, like, my me trying to find something, I have a. It, it would be nitpicking for me to pick a scene for for me in particular. Not I'm not I'm not uh, going after you, Danny. Um, it would be nitpicking for me to find a worse like scene in this because I've spent I spent so much time um, away from away from this. But also, it's like each time you come back, it's like an old friend. Um, Watch watching this film. It's the same thing with uh, X two for me. And I could probably name a worse scene. You meet the old friend. Sorry, go on. X two sucks. So, (laughs) Danny, you know I have a thing with processing. (laughs) Um, So, so, uh, so yeah, it's coming back. You meet, you know, meeting an old friend, and you, you. for you forgive like any i don't want to say blemishes but you forget any like rough patches because all of the good outshines that you know and you value it more for that than than the other than the other stuff if that makes sense yeah i feel like i did not work that as well as what i had told you earlier sarah so just tell Joda. Just tell Joda obnoxiously edit it so that way uh, we f- just place that there instead. Oh my this gosh! This is not the recording somewhere. No, I'm kidding, Joe. He won't make you do that. Uh, well, I don't. I don't remember if it was during <laughs> recording or not. Joe, so. re-listen to our audio That's... over and over again to try to find it. <laughs> no, please don't. Uh, Sarah, Sarah, what was your worst scene? Um, this might be cheating a little bit because i'm gonna go with like a few scenes but it's all connected basically like shield. um basically mj's entire broadway art <laughs> is just no mm. it's just like for me i have this thing when i watch movies right where like when you see like when somebody sings badly and people are and you can't tell like you personally think they're bad but you can't tell. Like, and this scene is the same thing. I constantly like, everyone's singing terribly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, but for this, it's like when she's, when you actually see her act in the importance of being earnest and people are like, oh, she was so good. And you're like, was she? Did we see the same performance? 
Here's the thing that I noticed is the only people who call her really good in this movie are the close friends. Like, it's like, it's <laughs> true. like, but she never worries about the critics. In this. It never comes up like critics. It's just, I heard you were good. I have a theory. I have a theory that she, okay. So the reason why she got, cause she, she even says, uh, she tells Peter like, Oh, this all just happened so fast. Hmm. Maybe just like her relationship with one John Jameson. And I think John Jameson, Mr. Astronaut, and also his father, John J. Jonah Jameson, that they got her through connections with Broadway. They got her the role in the importance of being are you, earnest. Are you telling what, Danny? me that this, in a way, is like Dear Evan Hansen? <laughs> yes. It, this, I told you, this movie predicts so many future things. So, J. Joe Jameson so, is... just one more to the list. Mark Platt and Kristen Dunst, Mary Jane Watson, is... Uh, ben Platt is Ben Platt. his future daughter-in-law. Yes, and that's why in Spider-Man Three, all the reviews are negative on her because JJJ put the hit out yes. on her. It's just not explained. <laughs> exactly, John J. Jonah Jameson uh, owns what is supposed to be the biggest newspaper in New York, which is the Daily Bugle. And he, he clearly, like you know, like he doesn't really follow some morals in his editorials at all, including reviews. So, like, <laughs> right? So. So yeah, so he can just put out reviews that say that she's he's like doing David good, Manning. and he's like, yes, <laughs> maybe, maybe this, <laughs> right? Maybe this, maybe this isn't, maybe this isn't right. But also, I think it explains. I think it explains her. I don't know. I on. I honestly, uh, Sarah, because yes, her act, like her acting in that bit is bad. It is. <laughs> it is bad. I'm like, I'm like. I'm like. Are you gosh. kidding me? Like the prop. The prop is giving that her, that character a better look than what she is. And uh, I mean, get the director. The director knew the line without even looking at the script, and he's like, he's like, hey, it's this. It's either the director or the stage manager. I. Uh, it's probably the stage manager, but uh, put the stage manager out there. Uh, it's 2004. Have him dress up as the woman. I don't know, but uh, but yeah. So so yeah. That's that's Tyler's uh, little theory for the day. Anyways, back to you, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It gives Spider-Man three a more concrete villain than the other three. Just make it JJJ, who's orchestrating it all in the background. It was me. It was me, Mister Parker. It was me, the author of all your pain. <laughs> I should do that with a JJJ voice. I'm the author of all your pain, Parker. <laughs> no, hold on. You need to get. You need to get like one of those big fat markers, and then put that like it's a, a cigar. Unless you have a cigar or a hot dog. I don't. Sorry. You don't have just sorry, a spare hot dog sitting around. <laughs> Anyways, we need to keep we need to keep going. <laughs> Speaking of hot dogs, Doc Ock lighting a cigar with the robot arms. Hot dog. This, this shot is so good. Wait, you mean <laughs> well, this, cigar? I don't mean to spoil it, but I'm gonna talk about the hot dog. <laughs> I was I meant I know what I said. I meant to say it. Yeah. So, okay. 
Yeah. Duck Hawk? <laughs> Speaking of hot dogs, it's Duck Hawk lighting a cigar. He, li he lights the hot dog on fire. <laughs> no, he's like, I said, Duck Hawk lights his birds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he likes it extra crispy. <laughs> Anyways, the, yeah, the shot is, the shot is just so, it's so good and it's so just so detailed and yeah and i just i i love it so did did you say that sarah did you say that you shared the same no same moment? no mine was actually about hot dogs <laughs> um yeah so my my best moment was during the the montage peter's good day montage um when he's just living his life having a great time I almost said when he was walking down the street, but I, I went to the scene afterwards where um, he's like, he's getting his hot dog and then he sees like crime happening and he just takes a big bite and it's just so iconic and just so stupid. And I, I love it so much. <laughs> is that, is that where he's like, where he's walking, walking away from the guy getting beat up in the alley? No, no, or... no, 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 no. It's during the montage. There's like it's, an excessive it's, he sees the amount of cars, cars going. Yeah, it's the police cars. Yes, <laughs> and he just takes. But I thought you might actually say because you said told me before it was gonna be in that montage. I thought it might be the freeze frame because the freeze frame is pretty great too. And it's like he's like nothing's worrying, and then like just freezes oh the freeze on frame Peter is on the street for a second. Freeze frame like, is good. Yeah, yeah, the freeze frame is great. Yeah, uh, my best moment is runner up is. When the girl next door says, do you want some cake? It's nice. I like cake. I would like some cake. Why didn't she go to my house and give me cake? Never mind. It's a bad moment because I didn't get any cake out of it. The actual best moment of it is when JJJ is looking at the um, the suit of Spider-Man he has on the wall. And he's like, you know, if Spider-Man was here, he'd be or I think someone says to him, you know, if Spider-Man was here, he'd be able to save Mary Jane. And he's like, I know that you're right. Spider-Man did a lot of good for it for the world and then he turns around and the suit's gone he's like Spider-Man's a menace and I know it's kind of like a mini scene but I count that all as one big moment so it's my choice so Tyler what was the most disappointing part of the film it's the, during the train scene just this very small part uh, where where a guy goes he's just a kid no, he's a 25-year-old man chasing school buses, manipulating his friends, and playing city vigilante. He does not chase a school bus in this movie. I don't care, but he did it at some point. He did it at some point. It's canon. We talked about it last week. Uh, yeah. You know, it's interesting that that line is that, you know, this that's one of the more memorable lines in this film. And this time I watched it knowing it was coming. And I know your talking point is always that Toby looks old. So I want to see. I was like, I want to see if this guy is like in his 60s. I'd say he's probably about maybe early 50s, which sure, maybe it could be a son, but probably we should have gone for a little older yeah. actor. Yeah. In my opinion. Um, but yeah. Um, my my disappointing aspect is that I kind of referred to earlier that the anti-MJ sentiment about this film has some level of accuracy to me on this watch. I wasn't expecting that to happen, but I, I see where they're coming from now. Uh, Sarah, what's your most disappointing aspect? Um, so mine was... They never uh, made a third one. Yeah, okay. 
Um, Vine was probably the CGI. And I, I say that because I think that the points where they use CGI to create Doc Ock, just, it was really, it's just not good. And I, I mean, when you look at like films around that same time, like Pirates of the Caribbean one came out in 2003 and like the CGI is just so much better in that one versus this one is just like, it's just, it's just not good. I, I think it's good. You're wrong, sir. All right, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. <laughs> get, get out of here! No, I'm kidding. Your 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 rewards have been revoked. What's the best surprise in the movie? I think my big surprise was that this was especially coming off the first one. This is really a character study of Peter in a way no other Spider-Man movie is. It's a hundred percent focused on him. Um. And I know we complained last week about how like the Tom Holland movies don't really give a supporting cast any time, but I would say even those are those are more focused on Peter's place in the MCU, not in the world, in the MCU. Very yeah. key difference there. Uh, Peter's place in the MCU rather than Peter as a character himself. This is a hundred percent about Peter, the conflict between being Spider-Man with Peter, and I like that. I think it's really it was a nice surprise um, to see how focused this really was on his character. Yeah. Um, the best surprise for me is it's when Doc Ock brings, uh, Spidey to, uh, Harry, when he brings him to Harry, Spider-Man is wrapped up in barbed wire and I don't understand where do what? Kinky. Oh, I don't understand. I don't understand like where Doc Ock was like, huh, I need fencing supplies to kidnap somebody. And he wraps him up in barbed wire. I don't I don't I don't know where he got it's extra. But also, like I've said with other things, like I forgive it because that's it's kind of like comic. It's comic booky. You know, it's extra when it needs to be. So. What about you, Sarah? Um, so mine was probably, um, I guess what my, my most disappointing was the CGI. My best surprise was the practical effects. Um, I think that the puppetry on Doc Ock's arms are just, it's, it's just Mm -hmm. so good. And it's, it's disappointing that it's probably, I mean, it's disappointing that that's probably not going to be seen again. I was going to say, uh, it's to me, it's kind of in the sense of my review of um, the original Lion King that I put up in January 2019 is imagine doing this without like the artistic craft involved <laughs> of it yeah. to make this actually expressive. That's what I feel like with uh, this movie and the puppetry and the tentacles. It's yeah. like, imagine wanting to do this without this. That'd be crazy. Why would anyone want to do that? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, just like watching it again, it just, it's really cool to like, to notice it, but it's not like a, it's like, it's obviously puppetry, but it's cool. So it's like, you don't mind it. Yeah. 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 It's, and I, I think like, that's, that's one thing that, um, Alfred Molina, he really, he helps pull the, like the puppetry into, you know, being like the conversations that he has with it. It's like he he has those conversations like he's actually talking with someone and not not like he 
yeah like he's talking to a puppet you know um so yeah maybe mm -hmm. i mean have we ever seen alfred molina do ventriloquism because maybe he'd be good at it so danny what are you most excited to see more of oh well thank you uh I, so last week julius said and i think you said Raimi doing dr strange 2 this is the one where i really am like yeah i want to see what Raimi does in dr strange 2 uh because the thing is, the stamp, I, I said before, his stamp is felt on the first film, but he's allowed to go full tilt here, and it's incredible. And you know whose name I noticed in the really cool credits this time? Kevin Feige. Mm -hmm. Which means that they have a working relationship. I've said for a while that if anyone gets to deviate from our movie, it's not going to be Chloe Zhao. It's not going to be Taika Waititi. It's going to be Sam Raimi, because they're such old friends. With Ke yeah. He's such old friends with Kevin Feige. So fingers crossed that he pulls it off with Doctor Strange 2 and he's able to give us a Raimi movie over an MCU mm. movie. Yeah. In terms of at least look. Yeah. Um I I am, am I anticipate a Bruce Campbell cameo in Doctor Strange by Zazu. So maybe all of his cameos from the Spider-Man movies will show up at the same role, same time. Same yeah. bad time, same bad channel. That'd be interesting. You know, actually, what if he plays the role? Sarah, have you heard my pitch for what role I want Bruce Campbell to play in the MCU? Because I've said before on this podcast, but I'll, I'll recap it very quickly. It's a uh, I want to play a heroic version of Mysterio from an alternate universe. Oh, yes. That comes to the Marvel one. And everyone's like, no way. No way. That happened to us before with this, that, that other guy. You're lying. He's like, no, I really was a hero that all the people on my, my planet died. <laughs> I think that'd be really funny because <laughs> also he was always the person who was supposed to play Mysterio in these movies. So it would have been, it would be fun to see him do that, but also like with that joke to it, I think that's what I would like to see him play in the MCU. But what, what are you excited to see more of? Well, I mean, does it, does it have to be MCU specific? <laughs> I'd like to see James Franklin. In jail, you could say. <laughs> no, yeah, sure. I, what I'm excited for um, even though he's just an executive producer, which means he literally does nothing. I'm excited for the new Evil Dead movie. Um, because I'm just I love I love Sam Raimi. Hint hint, if you do the Sam Raimi episode. Um, and I I love his I love his work, and this is like one of his best works, I think, and I'm really excited to see more. I'm just excited to see more of him in general. I'm excited to see this reemergence of the Evil Dead, of him as a director. I'm just excited for it all. Okay, but I will say, let's, let's, I don't want to get you to, I'm not trying to like dismiss you, but the thing about that last part of Resurgence as director is, hopefully, because I remember, you know, when he did Oz, everyone's like, oh, he's back doing big budget movies, and then he hasn't done a film since Oz, you know? So, fingers crossed that after Doctor Strange 2, he does do another movie that isn't Marvel, you know? We'll see. Fingers crossed. All right. That's, that's our episode. Sarah! Yeah. Pimp your stuff. What what's your other podcast? Yeah, my is, other... There, is there any is there any cool people on it? Yeah. Well, there's one. There's Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have another podcast with Danny and our friend Caleb. Uh, it's called the Stuff Club. Um, you can check that out wherever you can find this podcast. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at SGK29 E S S G E K A Y twenty nine. Um, you can find me on Letterboxd, just my name, Sarah Knopf, and I think that's it. Wait, wait, aren't you doing something really cool? 
the month on Letterboxd? Oh. it's October? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, is this airing? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm on Letterboxd. I'm, I'm doing a cool thing. Um, I'm doing uh, my fourth annual Femtober list, which is 31 horror movies directed by women in the month of October. So check that out. Yeah. Cool. All right, Tyler. All let's, right. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Yeah. Before my Wi-Fi dies again. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Why Is with Ty and Dan. We can be found on various podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and on our website, whyiswithtydan.buzzsprout.com. You can also contact us by email at whyiswithtydan at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at whyiswithtyan1 because I'm number one. You can also follow me, Danny Vincent, on Letterboxd at Blankman's for reviews of movies, including those not in the MCU. We'd also like to thank Joe Schremer for editing this episode. Thanks, thank Joe. Thank you, Joe. Uh, now, join us next week when we actually will not be discussing Spider-Man 3. We will be discussing the films of Chloe Zhao in preparation for Eternals, which opens up in two weeks, which feels very soon, actually. It's kind of weird. Yes, it does. Uh, yeah. Especially considering it will be the last Marvel movie until May, but... Oh, excuse me. I forgot. Spider-Man counts as Marvel. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last one Disney makes money on until June, until May. But yeah. All uh, right. We'll catch you in the next one. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>